yeah, very, very quickly, I realized that spending long, long time, long times on your feet and in the mountains and just moving efficiently that like really like spoke to my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, it, like it felt so liberating. Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Hey friends, we are back here with the Wisdom of the Wilderness. It has been a lovely, sunny, and marginally cold day today. The snow is kind of melting. The temperature is below freezing. Uh, It's beautiful. There's a bright blue sky, and it felt wonderful to get some vitamin D on my face, get some fresh sunshine, some fresh air, and uh, just feel the Christmas out outdoors. So I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and thank you again for listening with me. The topic I wanted to start off with today is uh, rewilding, and it's a really a really interesting topic. It's one that's really near and dear to my heart. And it's one that was catalyzed when I took my boss course back in 2012. And I've been doing a lot of research since then on different techniques, uh, primitive skills, ancestral skills, a lot of um, ways of healing with plants and herbs and more natural methods than cut, burn, poison. And it's really, really opened up my eyes to a lot of different things and a lot of different ways of being. And um, I wanted to start talking about that today because I see this as being something that many people are searching for and potentially the solution to some of the issues that we have in this very busy, focused, debt-focused, attention-seeking um society in which uh, most of us live in the Western world. So to start off, I wanted to give a definition of rewilding because there's a bunch of them out there. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. And uh, the one I found that I liked, uh, it's a longer one. So bear with me. I'm going to link this in the show notes as well. But it's restoring ancestral ways of living that create greater health and well-being for humans and the ecosystems we belong to. A slightly shortened version, um, returning to our senses, returning to ourselves, coming home to the world we never stop belonging to, and then uh, rewild, uh, to reverse the process of domestication, two, to return to a more wild or self-willed state. So that's, that's a little bit about it. Basically, returning to the ancestral ways of being that, um, had greater well-being and health for all of us. And uh, not just us as humans, but many of the other species that are in the world. So yeah, it's uh, something that's near and dear to my heart because I see a lot of benefit from being outside, spending time outside and reconnecting to our role in nature. We've never been separate from it, but with our, the, all the artificial constructs, that have uh, been conditioned or socialized or programmed into us as being normal, uh, it can seem like nature might be a bad guy. And uh, that in no way is true. 
Uh, now, how did I get into this? Well, like I said, the boss course, and then I started listening to this great podcast by Daniel Vitalis, who I will also link to in the show notes, uh, called Rewild Yourself. And that podcast had all kinds of great episodes. Uh, there was one with a spearfisher in Hawaii. There was one, um, some bear, he's done a lot of barefoot stuff, uh, hunting and foraging, spending time outdoors. So it was a great, great introduction to some topics and elaboration on things I was interested in. But I thought I'd share some of the reasons why I went into it and why you might want to be looking into rewilding, rewilding yourself, rewilding the environment, whatever it might be. And uh, I'm just going to start uh, running them off here and you can uh, follow along with me. Uh, one of the first big ones and the one that I really connected with on the boss course was to change the comprehension of the self and the world. So my comprehension of the world completely changed in that 14 days. And as well, my comprehension of myself and how I related to things, how I saw myself in the world, but also beliefs and uh, call them things I'd been conditioned into that never fit or never really felt right, I realized I didn't have to keep holding on to them. So by spending more time outside, by spending more time going back to the more ancestral ways of being or the traditional skills and knowledge, we really do see how connected we are to everything. And what I mean by this is, you know, we start to think about people, uh, nomadic tribes on the plains of the Americas, you know, a couple hundred years ago, not even. There was a realization that everyone was connected to everything and that each thing had a role and that you would just keep moving along. Nature would provide what you needed. You, you know, you had been handed traditional wisdom and skills to know what to eat at this time of year, what to eat at this time of year, where to look for deer for hunting, uh, how to prepare yourself for the buffalo hunt, uh, rituals, the importance of being connected to the land and, and knowing your surroundings. And, you know, very often, I even see it here in this little tiny mountain town, people are totally oblivious to what's going on outside of them or outside of their world. There's bright lights, there's flashing horns, there's sirens. There's trains going by. Uh, people are very focused on their comfort and their world only. And I would wager to say that over 90% of the people here didn't go out and appreciate anything today out in nature. The ones who were skiing were probably grateful for a powder day, but the most people that, are, that were out, it was cold. It was a little frigid, a little blustery. But how many people actually walked out and marveled at the majesty of seeing ducks back in the pond, which is unfrozen? So as we, as we spend more time outdoors, as we reconnect to these, simp air quote, simpler ways of being, we really can see different value in things. Um, the entertainment, I was, that was a later on point, but I might as well go through it right now because I just mentioned watching the ducks. That was really cool for me to just go and stand on a bridge and watch the ducks float by, watch them quack by. In a way, it reconnected me to, you know, the eyes of a child, one of the interesting and um, very, one of the very first episodes I recorded. But also that sense of magic and wonder that, hey, I, I'm entertained and I can appreciate this happening in front of me. Um, I don't need to be in front of a computer screen to be entertained. I don't need to be playing some new video game 
or have some movie or whatever else the current trends are, uh, I can go outside and just appreciate looking at the mountains or watching the ducks. So that's one thing as you rewild yourself, you really start to be connected more and appreciate the little things in your environment. Uh, one of the next things that I'm going to jump into is uh, simplification. As, as you start to rewild and see the amount of resources and the bounty that is part of us and that is around us and surrounding us and supporting us and seeing how much stuff that the modern lifestyle entails and how much stuff everybody has, how many storage units there are, how many, you know, how much actual physical, tangible items do people have, but also how much space is that taking up mentally, remembering where things are. So if you're curious more about simplifying, I highly recommend Marie Kondo's book. Um, there's a lot of stuff about decluttering, about purging, uh, some great, great resources on becoming minimalist um, website and podcast. Uh, but just the idea of simplifying, how much do you actually need? We're in, in Western North America or in the West or in North America, we're very conditioned to overconsume and keep buying and spending and buy a new car this year. And you need to have a different outfit for every day of the week. Um, you don't. I mean, 14 days on bus were the same thing every day and nobody cared. But there's this deeply ingrained thing. So as you start to start to spend time out, you may start to simplify things and realize, hey, do I need this or not? What can I let go of? So that's been a huge benefit I've noticed um, through going beginning the rewilding process is making do with what's at hand. Uh, the next one I'm going to go into is um, do do do. How about this one? Uh, regaining regaining connection with the senses we have. I took a fantastic eco psychology course through an institution uh, in the Pacific Northwest. And that was incredible to go through an entirely experiential based course, go and spend time barefoot outside and just to reflect upon the experience. And what was really cool was that there are significantly more than five senses that we have. Uh, and they're not really well known. I would wager to say most people probably haven't heard of them even. But we think, you know, taste, touch, smell, sight, and hearing. Those are the only five senses. Oh, and maybe you have a sixth sense of intuition. But some of the things um, that are out here and that are, that are in all these 54 that I learned, um, how do they fit into things? So, um, for example, uh, being aware of the pressure and wind and air is that touch is that smell is that sight uh how does it all combine um and and as well um you know feeling wind on your face how was that is is that touch as well um you know the the sense of space or proximity how far something is to you or far from you or knowing someone is up behind you coming up behind you um you know the gosh what are some of the other ones um the the sense of time you know without a watch and on that boss course time passes and you start to get an idea of how long the day is when you're just being which is really cool um 
again, you know, some of the, some of the other ones are going to go through um, the sense of pain, uh, the sense of mental distress, um, sense of play or humor, and the the sense of rhythm. You know, how do you, how do I explain that? Just knowing knowing how to go with a drum beat. You know, uh, even being at a concert or something, and one person starts clapping, and everyone's clapping in tune immediately. That's how do you explain that? So really starting to look with that and going through those experientially by just sitting outdoors and becoming aware of what was there and journaling about it. That was a really profound experience to start to notice, hey, I do have all these things. Why am I only told about five when there's so many more? So that was a great, great introduction and one that I work with every day when I go outside. Uh, the next one I want to touch on is um, moving into rewilding can have some uh, impacts on um, realignment. Now, both you know mental realignment by <laughs> some of the things we talked about earlier, but structural realignment. Um, one of the biggest things that I have started doing, or a while ago started doing, was uh, move into a more barefoot type of shoe, and uh, especially spend more time grounded. Now. By being barefoot and being grounded, that's fantastic. I mean, we connect with the negative ions and help balance out um, some of the free radicals we have in our body, just overall feel better. But also, as we start to do that, um, as you move into barefoot, whether you're walking barefoot or running barefoot, whether you're actually barefooted or you're moving into more of the barefoot style shoes, like I've got a couple pairs um, that are zero drop, I've got a couple that are, or one that is absolutely minimal uh, cushioning of any kind. And I know you can get leather sandals and actual grounding shoes and things like that I haven't got into yet. Um, but you really start to realign structurally. Because it turns out with the high heels that most of the shoes that are out there are based off of, uh, that's not so great for us. And um, not just high heels, like women's high heels that you would see, but most running shoes have an elevated heel that is going to throw you off biomechanically. So what's interesting is you, as you are walking barefoot, you can't slam down on your heel when you're walking barefoot or running barefoot because it hurts. So you automatically start to change your stride, chart, whether that's running, whether that's jogging, whether that's walking. And as you do that, your biomechanics realign and you can notice significant shifts and changes in your body. Uh, one of the first things that I noticed by going into barefoot was that, holy cow, my calves hurt because I'm actually using all these little foot muscles that I haven't used before. Whoa, this is crazy. So things to be aware of because we really are reactivating our senses. Next thing I have down here is uh, rewilding. You know, I spend more time outside and with that, starting to adapt to the climate and to the weather, especially with more and more time spent outside, getting more used to it. You know, uh, where I am, it can go down to minus 40, and it did. Uh, it can go up to the 90s in the summer, and it did. So what's been interesting is that the more time I spend getting outside every day, regardless of the weather, the more familiar that is to me, and the more that I find comfort in it. And what I mean by that is, you know, the temperature was minus 40. I was still out running when it's minus 40. Now, some people might tell you that's a terrible idea. And I'm not offering health guidance or medical advice, nor can anything be construed as that might be. But I can tell you my own personal experience 
after going out and running at minus 40, and then going at minus 30, and then at minus 20, and then at minus 10, and then at zero, and then it started to come up, I have adapted to that to the point that if it's right around freezing, it is now too hot for me to wear pants to run. I will run in shorts. Now it's really interesting because a lot of people around here just like are totally freaked out when they see me go by. But that comes from me getting acclimated to those colder temperatures in, in one winter. So we really can, when we are making a focus on it, adapt our body to to the environment that we're in with clothing, with thermoregulation by movement as I do. So what's cool for me is that through the whole rewilding concept, you can become comfortable in different environments. And you, I have experienced what it potentially was like for nomadic tribes of humans moving from place to place to find a way to be comfortable in the wide variety of conditions that were there. And they were doing this with animal skins. For the most part, uh, I've got all these imag. Well, there are magical technical fibers. Uh, I use a lot of merino wool, but that I can't have and experience that it really got me thinking. You know, like, hey, wow! So I could survive a night out here without a sleeping bag because of using natural materials. There all are all these resources that are out there. So I think that's that's a big, big focus um, for me there. And kind of tied to that um, is the whole idea of deprogramming or unprogramming what we've been taught. There's a lot of stuff in all areas of life that may not be the most appropriate advice or things to learn about for everyone who's out there. Um, diet, for example, some of the the hunter-gatherer diets are much healthier than the fast food diet, which is very highly advertised here. Um, another thing that we've got is, you know, the the whole idea that nature is dangerous. How many movies are there about when animals attack? And you know, how much how much stuff is even out there if you're trying to watch a hiking video, if you're trying to watch, you know, some of the bushcraft skills and things like that. Oh my gosh, we have to over-exaggerate that there was a scorpion or we saw a rattlesnake or the world's going to end. When in reality, most of the time, it's not dangerous out there. There can be isolated things, but there's this focus on nature's dangerous, go stay inside. You know, make sure you have all these things with you. Make sure you only do this and this and this when, you know, there's a lot of ways to approach things. So, the whole and to to deprogram some of the things too about the ideas of being busy and consuming i spent a magical afternoon outside just by the water watching the water i could have been busy <clears throat> excuse me i could have been busy i could have been consuming media or gosh going to get fast food or something but i could just sit and appreciate the water so Moving into the next thing is to find find meaning outdoors. The more that I start to rewild and disconnect and learn some of these ancestral skills and traditional skills and traditional ways of, of being and working with things, the more that I find meaning in them, I I see purpose, I see connection, I I notice what's around me with, hey, the, the aspens are starting to bud out here. Hey, the insects are starting to fly around again. Hey, there's a lot more birds around than there were before. Um, I can find meaning in that and I can find learning in that. 
I'm, ex I'm experiencing the magic of everything around me as well as seeing seeing how things change and seeing resources in a way. Instead of seeing nature as dangerous, you can see it as, hey, look at all these resources that are around me. Look at all these things that, that provide opportunities. Look at all these ways that things are interacting. So it, it's some bigger, bigger lessons that are going on out there. But a big one that ties into is when we when we are rewilding, we are ex restoring or exploring the ancestral pathways, that we remember our part as part of nature. We're working with rather than attacking. You know, think of, oh gosh, think of, you know, the wide variety of ways that we're conditioned. Oh, it's a war against something, the war on germs, the war on drugs, the war on whatever it is. Um, what if we worked with and, you know, hey, there's a lot of ways that we could potentially grow crops by using different insects, by using, you know, putting eggshells around plants, whatever it is, not necessarily spraying them with carcinogens, but the focus is on attack, attack, attack. So when we do remember our part in nature, we remember and see all the interconnections and we see how the cycles and circles of life go around. And as we remember our part in nature, um, when we are outside, we are adapting to situations. Now, what I mean with that is, you know, say you go on a, a backpacking trip or you go on a day hike and it starts to rain, you have to adapt to the situation. Now, it's very easy, you know, with our modern conveniences to, oh, it's raining, I'm just going to hang out inside and make a nice cup of tea and, and sit with a book. Um, and that's okay. With rewilding, when you're out, uh, you can adapt to the situation. You put on a rain jacket and do things. Huh? You find shelter or you build a shelter where you can to stay out of the rain and wait for it to pass. So we're also, you know, being out there connecting with all those different smells of the forest, uh, connecting with all of our senses. So we're adapting to the situation and enhancing those senses. Uh, Again, a, a thing I remember from being on the boss course was, you know, we had no electronics. There was no headlight. So it's dark. But what you notice even in a space as short as 14 days is that your eyes adapt to the dark so you can see. Uh, we're not surrounded by artificial lights and the terrible light coming out of most electronics. Um, you are much more aware that, hey, it's starting to get dusk now it's getting dark i'm tired i want to sleep oh hey is it starting to get light is that the sunrise i'm awake there's not as much disruption of the circadian rhythms so we are adapting to the situations by removing in some ways many of the the modern conveniences or what some would argue necessities of life um they're just crutches and uh tied that to a redacting situation is when we are rewilding returning to our senses and coming home to the world we never stopped belonging to we're reversing the process of domestication it's like part of that becomes lessening our focus on control there's a lot of things that people try to control in modern society a lot of ways people try to control you in modern society Whereas when we're rewilding, 
you don't necessarily need to correct things. You can just be with them. You know, if it's raining, okay, you can just be with the rain and not try and control it or try and hide from it. You could just be with it. We can as well notice, you know, even think of think of a rainstorm, you know, think of that same rainstorm. Hey, wow, I'm hiding under my shelter. That's great. Uh, hopefully this passes soon. Uh, you know, think of some of the modern conveniences like, oh, I might, I might get my new loafers wet on my walk back to my car. Um, and now think of that coming down a hillside that's been clear-cut logged like they love to do out here. And uh, that rain's going to hit a river or hit a creek and then hit a river and maybe cause some flooding. And that flooding can't be controlled. If it's big enough, it's going to wipe out bridges. It's going to wipe out all kinds of things as we see happen every year. So... When we are rewilding, you know, there is no controlling it. So working with what it is, making the best of the situation, I think that's, that's a big lesson is that what do we actually have control over and how can that tie into other aspects of our life? So what I like as we return to ancestral ways is there may not be guarantees on things. You know, the, um, trying to build a, a campfire or trying to build a fire with sticks, like I learned. It's a lot different from lighting a fire with a lighter and you got lots of tinder. But if you're trying to do it with materials you find at hand, it takes a lot of stuff and there's no guarantee you're going to make it. So you maybe can't control it. If you can't start a fire, you have to improvise. So, you know, nature does teach us all of these different lessons. And that's that's part of the magic of it. So it, it really brings me back to as I've gone through this process and, and hopefully triggered some ideas and some thoughts of what you might want to go through um, with this process is to to create a future that I want and to create create what I want bringing into my life. There's a lot of things I've had to let go of. And it turns out that one of the best ones to let go of was all these modern focuses and modern conveniences and returning to different ways of being that connect me more with the ecosystem in which I live. It is, it has been fantastic to connect to so many different places and see the nuances, even going up a couple thousand feet, climbing a mountain that I can look at from where I live. Uh, so many different things that I'm connected with and so many different opportunities for harvesting, um, foraging for food, uh, you know, building things, um, making cordage, all these different things. So it really does feel like in beginning the process of reversing domestication, that there's this deep ancestral connection happening and a greater sense of self-reliance and presence that, that is out there. So I wanted to share that today because I, I see a lot of great value in, in the whole rewilding movement. And I'm planning to do a couple more episodes about this and about different ways that, that things have been connected in different areas of research that are out there. Because, you know, it's funny how some of the happiest people in the world are when looking at surveys that people report on them, um, the happiest people in the world tend to be those who don't have a lot of possessions, but that find joy every day. So we look around and I look around and see all this stuff and how much, how many freaking million dollars it costs to buy a house uh, and compare that to how happy people are and how happy people look. And it's quite, quite strange to me.
So I thought, hey, you know, I can go for a walk. It doesn't cost me anything to open the door and go for a walk and see all this beauty around me and appreciate that. And that is a way that I find meaning here. Like I said in the I'm a Millionaire episode, it's it's amazing. This view is incredible. And I would love to know how many people just stop and look around and appreciate the tree or hearing the woodpecker today, hearing the hummingbird today. Like these are all magical things that are out there. And can we experience it and reconnect with those deep feelings inside us of appreciation for those? Or are we too busy to watch a bug crawl across the driveway with our daughter? Are we too busy to stop and look at elk and just appreciate? Who knows? But that's about it for today. Uh, gonna try and get back outside, try and catch this sunset today. Uh, looks like it's kind of clear. Um, and as always, I hope you're having a wonderful day and hope you get a chance to opt outside and enjoy some nice fresh air wherever you are. Uh, get a little sweat on if you can. Take some nice deep breaths, and uh, if you can, if you'd like to, if you're interested, uh, ground yourself, kick off your shoes, and stand and stand on the grass, stand on the beach. Uh, maybe even like me, jump into a frozen over creek. Who knows? But that is it for today, and uh, wish you all a good day or a good night wherever you are. We will catch you on the next episode of the Wisdom of the Wilderness. <laughs> Hey, and I'm back to add a little bit more to this episode about rewilding. A uh, bunch of things happened in life as that tends to happen, uh, including some sideways snow, some sideways rain, all the snow melting, uh, it's snowing again, it raining again, uh, and just the random things that happen to come up in life. So it's a couple weeks later and I'm getting back to finishing off this episode. Um, but I wanted to share some of the great ways that you can take some simple first steps if you are interested at all in any part of the rewilding process. I know this episode is focused a lot on the human aspects of rewilding. There is a whole nother ballgame. Uh, geez, it's like a whole nother sport almost of rewilding ecosystems, uh, returning natural predators to areas where they were. So think of the uh, gray wolf in the Sonoran Desert or um, think of uh, wolves in Yellowstone. Uh, some places up in Truck to Yak Tuck are getting wolves back as well. Um, grizzly bears, things like that. So there's a, there's a lot and there's a great book called Braiding Sweetgrass that even talks a bit, a bit about the river remembering its course once all the human intrusions were removed. So I um, highly recommend that book. But anyways, without further ado, what are some great ways that you can take some first steps? Um, podcasts. Listening to podcasts um, is a great way. I really, really like them. Uh, if I am driving, I throw a podcast on and I feel like I'm learning something new as opposed to just singing along with uh, the old compact discs in my truck. Um, it's also great. You know, you can do it whenever. If I'm cooking dinner, I'll throw a podcast on. If I'm going for a walk. I sometimes put a podcast on. So it's a great way. Um, there are some great ones out there. You can just search for rewilding. Uh, Daniel Vitalis, as I mentioned earlier, has a great one. Uh, there's another rewilding humanity or rewild humanity podcast. Um, and this is actually something I'm going to be moving into and am in the process of creating an opportunity around everything to do with rewilding. So 
check out some podcasts. As always, there is um, this magical, magical place that exists in the ethers, and you've got this little plastic screen. Um, pretty much everyone has at least one, sometimes two, sometimes multiple, and you can access most of the library of knowledge of uh, human history with that little piece of plastic. Now, I know there's a lot of censorship happening right now, but there's still a lot of resources you can access through the internet. So check out Rewild. Um, Rewild U is a great resource. Um, there's a few of them out there. Just, you know, research it, check and see what you find, what, what resonates with me or someone whose perspective I like may not be the one for you. And that's okay. There's a lot of different ways to present material. <laughs> there is no one size fits all solution in any aspect of life. So there you have it. Uh, check out what, what appeals to you. Um, again, uh, internet, we also have books, so you can check out some books. There's plenty of material on the subject, lots of old archaeological references. Uh, Born to Run talks about, there are some chapters in that when they're not going through drinking exploits in Mexico and whatnot, where uh, actually goes into some of the anthropological research and archaeological research into ancestral humans and ways that it's thought that humans could have hunted down a deer or a gazelle the focus on endurance and especially that book was huge to really kickstart the um barefoot movement so vibram five fingers and zero drop shoes so highly recommend that book born to run uh, christopher mcdougall chris mcdougall is the uh, author of that uh, as well you can find lots of other things out there you know people even think think beyond the box of people who even may have left a corporate career in a big city stuffy office environment and started a homestead or worked with conservation um work moved into outdoor education um that's my career path um these are a lot of things where you really do start to see hey there's so many benefits of being outside um, but you have to take those leaps so that can be great. Uh, what else can we do? Yeah, and then just simple things um, that I talk about a lot on this podcast. If you've listened for a while, you may be kind of tired of hearing them, but they're really critically important. Um, spend time barefoot. Spend time outside. Get out of the house, out of the apartment, out of the office, and go just be outside. Go for a walk. Go for a swim. Go for a bike ride. Uh, put your bare feet on the grass. Um, throw your naked body into a river um, or a lake, whatever it might be. Just get outside and spend time outside. You really will start to notice. Like You will feel better. Yeah, you might have to get over some of your fears of being cold or being wet or this ridiculous fear of the sun that's been conditioned into people. Um, but these things really help. Getting vitamin D on your skin is a great way to help relieve some of the symptoms of depression. Just going out for a walk and seeing how bright and vibrant and alive things are even on a day when it's 33 degrees and it's sideways raining, then sideways snowing, and you just want it to be springtime because you're seeing photos in Arizona where it's 100 degrees already, um, it really, you really can feel better by doing that. One last thing that I was going to share was uh, a great way to begin being the process of rewilding is to go grab a plant book from your local library or uh, buy one from your local bookstore 
and uh, start to learn the local plants in your area. There's a lot of people getting interested in foraging and learning the edible plants, the medicinal plants, the different ways that different species were traditionally used and historically used and can be currently used to help alleviate symptoms of dis-ease in the body, um, can provide food if you're out in the bush and something happens, uh, can provide ways, can provide medicine, can provide materials to build things with. Think of all the ways you can make baskets weaved out of grass leaves or out of a variety of of materials that are found in nature. So there's all of these great things that are around us. We can just go for a walk in the forest, go for a walk in the desert, and then find out, oh my gosh, like if I don't have toilet paper, I could actually use some sage leaves or I could actually use a maple leaf. Holy cow. And then maybe we don't get this ridiculousness of toilet paper hoarding that happened literally two years ago today. So anyways, that's just a few ways that you can begin the process of rewilding yourself. As always with everything, uh, try it out for yourself. You know, you are the only one who can decide what does or doesn't work for you. So if it's something you're curious about, do some more research into it. Talk to an expert. Heck, email me and I can provide you some suggestions. But this is all offered on a suggestion basis. So try it for yourself. See if you like it. All right, friends, that is it for rewilding. I am going to actually go and stand barefoot. It is uh, still 33 degrees, but the sun just came through the window. So we're going to have to go investigate because uh, that would make it all four seasons in a day. But hey, that sometimes happens pretty much anywhere in the Rockies. All right, we will catch you on the flip-flop with the wisdom of the wilderness. Cheers, friends. And thank you very much for joining me on today's episode, friends. It is always fun for me to record these, and I do hope you get a lot out of them. As always, if you enjoyed this, please share with your friends, your family members, your colleagues, your coworkers, your hairdresser, the guy at the restaurant, uh, wherever you're going. I do my best to research these and give a lot of good information. And there's a lot of people out there that can benefit from hearing the stories and also having that perspective shift that can come along with, with listening. As well, if you get a chance, I do encourage you. It really helps me out if you can leave a five-star review at the podcast platform you're listening to, as well as maybe even write something. So, uh, yeah, if you get a chance, please do that. I prefer Apple Podcasts is how I list the things, but I know that uh, Stitcher's out there, Spotify's out there, Google Play or Google Podcasts, there's a whole bunch of them. So if you get a chance, please do drop a five-star rating and leave a review. That would be fantastic. And with that, have a wonderful day, friends. We will catch you on the next episode of The Wisdom of the Wilderness. Like every single time I've tried to plan for anything, it's never worked. It's just a matter of going with opportunities as they arise and and doing things that maybe make you a little uncomfortable, but you just know are right.